Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that it blesses your life. All right, we started talking last week about flowing in the Spirit, and we started off with a review of the gifts of the Spirit using 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11 as our main text. But we only got as far as the first part of verse 10. So for the sake of continuity, let's begin this morning by reading verses 7 through 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, New King James. Everything today, I'm pretty sure, is New King James. Paul says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Some translations say, for the benefit of everybody. So one thing to keep in mind about the gifts of the Spirit, they're not just for you, they're not just for your brothers and sisters in Christ, they're also for the world, amen? The gifts are for the benefit of everybody. Verse 8 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Amen. All right, so last week we covered all the gifts mentioned here up through the working of miracles. That's five of the nine. So that leaves us four more to cover today. Discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Let's start with discerning of spirits, probably one of the most fantastic of all of the gifts. And I've operated in it a couple of times in my 30-plus years of spirit-filled life. Amen. All right, so if you look at the meaning of the Greek words used when it says discerning of spirits, it means to peer into the spirit realm and detect things with your eyes. So the way that I teach it is discerning of spirits is when you actually see into the spirit realm and you see angels and demons and you're able to distinguish evil spirits from good spirits. Amen? Let me give you an example. The first time this ever happened to me was April of 84 when Jesus appeared to me in a vision. That's not the one I'm going to share. But later on in the late 80s, I had another stark encounter with discerning of spirits, uh, which kind of shook me a little bit. I learned something from it, though. Trish and I were living in Minden, Louisiana, and uh, this was probably 1989, long time ago. But I was awakened one night with my eyes fixed on the left bedroom window on our back wall. We had these two large rectangular windows left and right side of the bedroom there. And I had my eyes fixed on that left window. For some reason, I just knew to look there. All of a sudden, I saw a beautiful angel fly right into that window and land at the foot of my bed. He had wings and he was dressed in white and he was shining like light. I thought, man, this is an angel. I've seen a lot of things, but I've never seen an angel like this before. And so he walked over to me 
And he said, I'm here to take you on a journey. I'm here to take you on a journey. So I'm like, well, what? And so before I knew what was happening, he walked over to the bed. He reached down into my body, grabbed my spirit man by the shoulders and started pulling me out of my body. It was the strangest sensation I've ever felt. All of a sudden, there was a knowing on the inside that something wasn't right with this angel. And so I said, no, sir, I'm not going anywhere with you because you're not sent by God. And he got angry at me. He shoved me back into my body. He said, well, all right then. And he huffed and puffed and walked over to the window and flew out the same way he flew in. New Agers call it astral projection. The Aborigines called it soul travel. Imagine the trouble I would have gotten into if I'd have went with that evil angel wherever he wanted to take me. But thank God for the discerning of spirits, and I was still relatively young in operating in the gifts at that time in my life. Thank God you don't have to be a super spiritual giant for God to drop a gift of the Spirit on you. Amen? Now, I know that's wild, and I hesitate sometimes to share it because it, you know, some people could interpret it as being sensational. But listen, it's very informative, and it's good knowledge to have. It's good wisdom to have. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. You know, he looked like a shining angel, and I have since come to learn, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so do his minions, it says in the very next verse. So that's what I experienced. But I knew in my spirit he was not right. As beautiful as he was, he was not right. He was not sent by God. All right, so I want to talk for a minute about discerning of spirits versus word of knowledge. And I'll illustrate it by another encounter that I had years after this encounter. This was in the early 90s. It was again in Minden, Louisiana. I had been asked by my pastor to preach on healing. It was a Sunday night. I was preaching on healing. It is God's will for you to be healed. We talked about it last Sunday. It was the same meeting where I prayed for the lady that had impacted sinuses and she was completely healed under a minute that quickly. She was the first lady in line. This young woman was about two-thirds down the line and she was 27 years old, single mom, three boys I found out later. And she said to me when I got to her, I am deaf in my left ear, have not been able to hear from that ear since I was a toddler. So I started praying for her the same way I prayed for everybody else. And I was getting results. And I got zip, nada, zero results. In fact, there was just this resistance that I, I felt as I prayed for her. And I, I'm like, what is this? What's going on? And all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say to me, it is a spirit of infirmity. If you don't deal with the spirit, she will not be healed. If you're looking for a scriptural example, you could go over there to Luke chapter 13. And in the synagogue, Jesus encounters a woman 
who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bowed over and could in no wise, the King James says, lift herself up. So for 18 years, she walked around like this, looking at the dirt, looking at the stones. And Jesus said, Ought not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has oppressed these 18 years, be freed from her bondage on the Sabbath day? And he healed her right then and there. And she stood up straight on her feet. Amen. The point I want you to see is sometimes it's not just ordinary sickness and disease, which is also a result of the devil. It's just, it's not so direct as a demonic spirit who is directly responsible for sickness or disease or some condition in your body. You see what I'm talking about? So in this case, the the Lord was trying to tell me this girl has a demon that's keeping her deaf in her left ear. And so I argued with the Lord. Pastor Bill has only asked me to preach a couple of times. If I go to casting out devils in his church, I'll never preach in his church again. And the Lord said, would you rather preach again or be obedient to me? I was like, well, if you put it that way, I'll be obedient. I mean, he told me three times. I told you three times. It's a spirit of infirmity. You've got to deal with the spirit. So what did I do? I took my right forefinger and stuck it in her left ear only because I saw a healing evangelist do that one time. And I said, you foul spirit of deafness, come out in Jesus' name. Her ear popped open immediately. She heard for the first time in that ear in 25 years. Amen, amen. Uh, She came up to me the next Sunday. She said, I got a bone to pick with you. And I'm like, what? What's going on? He said, well, uh, on Saturdays, it's a rest day for me. And I got three rowdy boys and they make all kind of racket. And my normal routine was to take my, my deaf ear and leave it up and put my good ear down on the pillow and I couldn't hear a thing. She says, now I can hear a pin drop. I said, take it up with Dr. Jesus. He's the one who healed you. Amen. Okay, so my point in sharing that story is this. I did not see the Spirit, but I knew it was there. I knew it was operating in this demonic way, keeping her deaf. And so I dealt with the Spirit, and she was healed. Amen. Jesus did the same thing with the woman there in Luke chapter 13. Okay, so me, I'm kind of a stickler for the Word. I think discerning of spirits requires you to see into the spirit realm. I would categorize this as word of knowledge. It was just imparted to me that there was an infirmity spirit operating in this woman's life. Amen. All right. But I don't want to be dogmatic or or split hairs uh, on this because if you differ with me on that, it's okay because I certainly believe that God is able to convey to you that there's a presence of an evil spirit or a good spirit and you just have a knowing. I believe that. All right, so we got no issues there. All right, so you're free to disagree with me slightly on that one. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so that gets us to the last three. 
the vocal slash inspirational gifts, they call them that because they involve speaking and inspiring people, okay? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, also found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, which we got to get into this morning, okay? But before we do, let's read verse 11 from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because it's germane to all the gifts of the Spirit. Paul says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And he's talking about the gifts that are enumerated in verses 8 through 10. He says, all these gifts are given to individuals as he wills, not as we will. So word to the wise, in your zeal to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, don't Try and manufacture a gift of the Spirit. You will get yourself in trouble. Most likely, make a fool of yourself. Just don't go there. If you got nothing, give nothing. Amen? If you got a word, be bold and give the word. Amen. All right. So, let's talk about the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is the ability to speak in a language that you never learned whether that language is earthly or heavenly. Interpretation of tongues is the ability to give forth an interpretation of a supernatural utterance in tongues. Now, I need to say this because I've heard a lot of tongues and interpretation and people get mixed up over this, but interpretation of tongues is exactly that. It's an interpretation. It is not a word-for-word translation. Amen. You might hear a lengthy utterance in tongues, which is followed by a short and concise interpretation. On the other hand, you might hear a short message in tongues and a rather lengthy interpretation. The point is, it's the gist of what the person said in tongues that you're giving when you give an interpretation. Amen. Everybody with me on that? I give you a personal example. Baptism of fire on tongues and interpretation. My first experience was something like this. Trish and I were in Corpus Christi, and we were at a Bible study, and there was about eight or ten people there. I wasn't teaching. We were just there at the Bible study, learning what we could about the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, all of a sudden, we had been praying and singing in the Spirit, and there was the appropriate law where gifts come forth. And all of a sudden, I felt this this tremendous desire welling up on the inside of me to give a message in tongues. And I got real bold, real quick. And I said, I'm going to let her rip, Lord. So I stepped forward and I'm like, It was like that, similar. And then there was one potato, two potato, three potato. Heart starts beating. Start breaking out in sweat. Nobody looks willing or able to give the interpretation. So on the inside, I'm panicking. Oh, my God, I'm out of order. Help me. And I heard the Lord speak to me. Just pray that I give you the interpretation and I'll give it to you. That's actually scriptural, as we're going to find out here in a minute. I said, okay, Lord, give me the interpretation expecting him to lay it out. He said, just start talking, and I'll give you the interpretation. I'm like, what? 
what? I don't have the. I don't have thus. I don't have anything to even start. And again, he said, just start talking. So literally, this is what it was like. The word of the Lord says to you, I got that far and all of a sudden it hit me in stride. And before I knew it, I was addressing a young woman there that was so depressed. I said to her, you've been so depressed this morning. You were contemplating suicide when you were eating your breakfast. Lord says, don't do it. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And there was a girl right across the circle from me. She's a teenage girl, strawberry blonde. And she started weeping. And she said, how did you know? I said, honey, I did not know. It was given to me by the Lord just a few seconds ago. It's wonderful when you step out on the water and walk to Jesus. Amen. From that point on, I said, okay, Lord, from now on, when I feel led to give a message in tongues, I'm going to ask you for the interpretation ahead of time in case nobody's bold enough to give it, I'll give it. And that's been my rule of thumb ever since, and it's never let me down. In fact, I tell people when I teach on this, don't be afraid to give a message in tongues because if nobody else is brave enough, I'll ask the Lord. He'll give me the interpretation, and I'll give it. So don't let that stop you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Prophecy. Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14.3 in the King James says that prophecy in its simplest form is a word of edification, exhortation, and comfort that God channels through you to other people. The Hebrew word there for prophecy means to flow forth. The Greek word for prophecy means to speak for another. So you put those two together and you can say that a word of prophecy flows forth from an individual as the Spirit of God moves on them. And when they speak by the Spirit, they are speaking for or representing God. You know, it could be something as simple as, hey, I'm not sure what's going on in your life right now, but God told me to tell you that everything's going to be all right. You're going to make it. That's prophecy. God is in you. He's with you. He's for you. That's prophecy. Hey, seek the Lord with all your heart and you will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13. That's a prophetic word. We try to make it more complex and spiritual than it really is. You know what I'm saying? Simple gift of prophecy. Amen. All right, so let's talk about real quickly the gift of prophecy versus the prophet's ministry. So as I said, the simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the five-fold ministry gifts listed in Ephesians 4.11, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. People are called to those offices. Amen. But you can prophesy and not be a prophet. In fact, the Lord says, I want you all to prophesy. In fact, I want that to be your number one desire. If we we're all called to be prophets, God wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make any sense, right? 
But we all are called to prophesy. We're just not all called to the prophet's ministry, the office of the prophet. Amen. Do I need to go any deeper than that on that? You might be called into that office. You know, Acts chapter 13 talks about the church at Antioch and and, uh, Paul and Barnabas were there. And it said that there were teachers and prophets in the church there at Antioch. So, yes, it is scriptural to have people that are in that prophetic flow inside the church and yet not be launched out into fivefold ministry yet. Amen? Okay? And if you have that fivefold gifting on you, it's going to become apparent to the leadership of the church and to the church body. Amen? Okay, so let's just be, let's just be chill about it, you know? I'm going to prophesy, and if the Lord leads me into the prophetic ministry later on in my life, fine. If not, I just want to do what he's called me to do. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right. So now we're going to cap it off with how to flow in the gifts decently and in order. And in order to do that, I want to read through portions of 1 Corinthians 14, and I'll comment on certain topics as we go. So my goal is to learn how we can apply the guidelines Paul laid down for the Corinthians to our church here. Amen? We want to be scriptural. We want to be uh, word-based in our flowing in the Spirit. So when the Spirit starts moving, we can flow with Him and do it decently and in order. Not out of control and crazy, you know, or weird. There's normal weird and then there's weird. There's no getting around the fact that tongues is weird. But when we talk weird as Pentecostals, we're like, okay, there's weird and then there's weird. We want to avoid the weird. Because this stuff is weird enough as it is, amen? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. I'm going to read these five verses, then I'm going to show you what we can learn, some of the things we can learn from these five verses. Paul says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. There it is again. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Here's the barn burner. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. You don't have to choose one over the other, amen. God wants every baptized in the Holy Spirit believer to speak in tongues, primarily for your private prayer devotional time. Amen. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So here's some things we can learn, not all the things, but some key things we can learn from these verses. Love should be the primary motivation for your desire to move and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Because they are an extension of God's love, His mercy, and His grace. Tongues directed toward God does not need an interpretation. How many know He knows all the languages, earthly and heavenly? Tongues directed toward God does not need an interpretation, 
and it edifies or builds up the one who is speaking or praying. That word there, edify, is a compound Greek word, ekadomeo. It means to build the house. So when you pray in the spirit, you're building up your house, not just your spirit, spirit, soul, and it even affects your body. Research at ORU proved that people who are habitual prayers in tongues boost their immune system by 40 to 60%. So you're building up more than your spirit. You're building up your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. All right, so tongues directed toward men does need an interpretation. In order to edify more than just yourself, you want to edify the body, right? They won't be edified unless they hear an interpretation. Amen. And lastly, tongues with interpretation is equivalent to prophecy. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, 12 through 13. Paul says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Again, your motivation should be that the body be built up. Amen? Verse 13, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Amen. I was being scriptural that day way back in the 1980s when the Lord said, Pray that you receive the interpretation and I will give it to you. Amen. So once again, if you feel led to give a message in tongues to the congregation, just be ready to give the interpretation. Trust me, God won't let you down. Amen. And if you're not quite there yet in your faith, there are enough people here in this church that flow in these kind of things. I'm confident someone will interpret your tongues. And if they don't, I will. So let her rip, tater chip. And remember, if you miss it, trying to operate in the gifts, we're all learning and there is no condemnation especially since God is the one who told us to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 33. Home stretch here. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Some translations actually say, Concerning all of these things, psalms, teachings, tongues, revelation, these things must come forth in order that the body be edified or built up. There's an imperative in some of the translations. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. So two to three tongues and interpretations. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. We already addressed that. Don't be afraid of that. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. That's kind of the scary part. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject 
to the prophets. What that means is you can control what comes out of you, even the supernatural things that come out of you. You can choose to release them or hold on to them. Verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. All right, so let me summarize and break some of this down for you real quickly. What Paul is saying here is that there are limitations because of time when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Two or three tongues with interpretation, two or three prophetic words so that everyone has a chance to speak as they are led by the Lord. Also, I think it's evident, but it needs to be done one at a time so that we avoid confusion. They weren't doing that in the Corinthian church. They were talking over one another. Thank God we're not dealing with that here. Amen. Amen. The text also implies that you should keep your word as brief as possible. Once again, so everybody else that has a word has a chance to give their word to release what they have from the Lord. If you get a word that someone else gets up and gives verbatim what you had, don't sweat it. I can't count the times that that's happened to me. Just hold on to your word. You don't have to second that emotion, you know. Just say, next time I'll be quicker on the draw. Dang, that's exactly what I had. Raise your hand if you've had that happen to you. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Remember, it's the word that came forth that's the most important thing. Amen? You know, God wasn't sure which one was going to pull the trigger, so he gives it to more than one person. (laughs) Are you going to be bold enough? I don't know. I'm going to give it to two or three just in case. One might respond. All right. I'm going to say some things here, and I'm going to say them tongue-in-cheek, but I'm quite serious as well. If the Lord gives you a word, don't make it a sentence. If he gives you a sentence, don't make it a paragraph. Don't outrun the anointing and continue on in the flesh. Just don't do it. Don't go there. Get your word out and be done with it. Amen? Be as sensitive as you can to the flow of the Spirit to keep this from happening. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. You know, that's in the Bible. And all over the country, all over the world, there are churches that are forbidding people to speak with other tongues. Don't let me get on my soapbox. I could be there for a half hour. Nevertheless, Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. So I love the way that Paul caps this off This letter to the Corinthians, he's saying, this is my paraphrase. Don't let the corrective words that I'm giving you concerning tongues cause you to shrink back from this powerful gift. Just keep it in perspective and seek first to prophesy for the building up or the edifying of the church first and foremost. Not to lift yourself up and show that you're all spiritual, but so that people can receive benefit and their lives can be changed. Amen. Make sure you stay in the flow of the Spirit and do things decently and in order. So with that in mind, at the risk of sounding authoritarian, I'm going to give you some guidelines that 
I'd like us to follow moving forward here at Faith Life Fellowship. All right? Number one, trust the leadership of this church to know when it's time for gifts to come forth. Now, we're not perfect, and we have and will miss it from time to time. So give us grace when that happens. Number two, two or three prophetic words and two or three tongues with interpretation is what we're looking for in accordance with the word. Number three, when the appropriate time comes, if you feel you have something from the Lord, give me a signal, let me know, and I'll motion you forward so that you can speak into the mic because we are uh, recording all prophetic words now. Just we're recording all of this. Number four, if you're a visitor, because we don't know you, I'll ask you to share it with me first. And if it's in the flow, I'll give you the mic. All right. Number five, generally speaking, with some exceptions, I prefer for personal words to be given directly to the person one-on-one -on -one and not announced to the whole congregation. You can do it before or after the service or even during the intermission. Plenty of opportunities to give those kind of words to people. Number six, all prophetic words will be judged as the word requires. And let me or whoever has the service take the lead on that to avoid confusion. Let me set you at ease. <laughs> Unless it's unscriptural, hateful in tone, or just plain off, nobody's going to nitpick your word. Okay? Do you hear my heart? Do you still love me? Amen. Well, that about wraps up our series on flowing in the Spirit. Now let's put these things into practice so we can go to higher places in the Spirit and learn to flow with Him in the way that He intended. Amen. Let's continue as a church to contend for the vision that the Lord gave me on October 10th of 2020, that gifts of the Spirit were coming to Faith Life Fellowship. It's been almost two years. It's time for these things to come forth. Amen. That's why it's so important that we do things scripturally, decently, and in order. Here's my confession, Lord, be it unto us according to the heavenly vision you gave me and you have given others in this place. Pour out your gifts in this place, Lord, just like you showed us. Let's also believe in for signs, wonders, and miracles in this house for they're a major part of flowing in the Spirit. We can't leave them out. It's not just tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. There are other gifts that can manifest in our midst. Amen. And they need to. Glory. So with that in mind, let me share a dream that I'm pretty sure the only person I shared it with is my wife. This dream happened about four to five years ago either right before or right as we were coming into this facility, facility, we were coming into this facility, turning it from a gym into a church. So in this dream, Trish and I were walking hand in hand up a cascade of stairs that spanned the backside of some kind of large auditorium. Very vivid dream, sound, sight, it was just amazing. And we could tell by the noise that this place was packed and there was an air of expectancy in the place. I turned to Trish and I said, there are going to be signs, wonders, and miracles performed in this place tonight. People are going to be healed, set free, and delivered. And then I said, are you ready for this? 
And although we were both a bit nervous, she nodded yes to me. And we walked hand in hand through a set of double doors into the back of that auditorium. And then I woke up. And this is my prayer. This is my declaration. Lord, be it unto us according to the heavenly dream you have given me and you have given to others in this place. Pour out your signs, wonders, and miracles in this place just like you showed us that you would, Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are blessed by Dr. Forrest's message. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.